Stephanie J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. everybody welcome to the best life podcast uh it's danny J, and it's jill coleman and we are really really excited because this is a podcast that people have been requesting yep. for us well basically since the beginning of the podcast uh, if you guys have been listening for a while or if you haven't yet definitely listen to the first couple episodes because we go right into jill and i how we met and how we became good friends after our husbands both had affairs and we ended up both leaving our marriages and we had a lot of people ask they, they, or they said that they wished that somebody would provide another perspective, somebody that hadn't left or somebody that had stayed. And we actually have a great friend here, Shauna Mota. And we actually know Shauna because, well, she hooked us up with Organifi. So shout out Organifi. Make sure you use the best life at checkout for 20% off. Anyway, um, Shauna, thanks for being here with us. It's a pleasure to be here, ladies. (laughs) Shauna actually is, we have a lot of mutual friends, Lori Harder, she's been on the podcast, uh, Danette May, like a lot of people in our industry. So you guys will learn more about her as we go on, but we really appreciate you for being ready to share this because it's, yeah, it's deep stuff. It is. So just tell us, like, for people who maybe don't know you from social media, and we'll go into, like, how people can find you and follow you and reach out to you and things like that if you're open to it. But just, like, kind of give us a little bit of backstory on your relationship, how you came up, like, what, you know, just kind of how everything evolved. Definitely. Yeah. So I have been with my husband over 10 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Wow. We met when I was 22. So quite young now that I'm looking back at it. And, yeah, it was a beautiful love story. We met at a bar in Nicaragua. He's from Australia and he was surfing through Central America with his buddies and I was helping, my mom decided to move there after I graduated college so I was helping her move in. First night we were out at a restaurant bar and in walks these strapping blonde Australians, no shoes, tans, blue eyes, you know, the whole thing. So for me it was love at first sight. For him it took a, it took a few months. He was getting over a what? heartbreak, mm-hmm. I know took him a few months, but I gave him the space. And he he was meant to go play rugby in Europe after we met, but he rerouted to San Francisco where I was living and basically never left. So that that's our cute little love story. And yeah, it was it's in my eyes, it's always been we've always had an incredible relationship. Now we've been married seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. So about three years, we got engaged about a year and a half in married after three, about three years. And everything was going good. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. <laughs> Real quick, backing up, what was your modeled relationships? Like your mom, dad, were they divorced, married? What did you see growing up in that? And then going into marriage, like when you guys decided to get married, I want to know, like, were there discussions about like what marriage means to you? Or did you have in the back of your mind? I know some people get married, but they have in the back of their mind, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll get divorced. Mm. So I want to know if you saw that growing up, was there divorce in your family? And then growing into it, like what was your expectation of marriage? That's a really good question. Um, my parents actually divorced when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really grow up with my father or with them married, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, and then my mom was remarried twice, divorced twice. Mm-hmm. So my father did remarry and he's still with her. But because I didn't grow up in that atmosphere, I didn't really have an idea of what a successful marriage looked like. 
so I, I almost went into it. It's, it's like almost like no expectations, mm-hmm. but also expecting like, we're going to be together for the rest of our lives and we're amazing. And you know how everyone feels at their wedding? Like, yeah. this yeah. is it. It's perfect. It's a dream and sure. everything's going to be perfect. We're going to live in a little glass house of perfection. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes those walls get shattered. Probably most often, actually. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like a lot of people say like, you know, marriages shouldn't feel hard. My In my experience, there are, it's like, it's, it's both at once, isn't it? Like every moment's like amazing. And you're like, I don't want to be doing this with anyone else. But to say that there's not going to be like struggles or that there's not going to be hard times, I think that that is a little bit short-sighted. And so like, what was your experience with that? Were you like, I mean, just in general about how did you manage like, okay, yeah, there are times where like we don't get along or like what were kind of maybe some of the biggest friction places for you guys as a couple? Yeah, that's a really, I love that you brought that up because I actually, I feel in alignment with you. I don't think any relationship, any long-term relationship, even friendships are easy necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think especially life partnership, I think it's hard and I think it's always going to be hard. Um, So for people who are like, oh yeah, it's so easy. I just married my best friend. Like, right maybe don't have a full grasp on reality or they're, <laughs> yeah. or they're hiding something and yeah. that's okay, you know, or they're okay with living like kind of a basic, basic lifestyle, right. you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's simple. There's no conflict and they just kind of go through the motions. And, but for those of us who are looking for a deep dive into passionate relationships, mm-hmm. there's always going to be struggle. So I think one of the big things that has come through all of this is obviously communication. Even though I thought we were communicating well, communication's a big one and really, having providing a safe space for the each person to open up and speak their truth and where they're at in things even if they're not happy or if if something's missing or their needs aren't being met Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people don't have those conversations Mm. and looking back now we weren't having those conversations so i lived again in my like perfect world and and i'm like everything's fine and we're so amazing and we're so much stronger than any other couple that i know (laughs) and we're Mm -hmm. happy and we were happy we're having sex all the time like everything's great but there was obviously something missing for, you know, my husband to then go, go cheat on mm-hmm. me. Financial is another one, financial situations. Yep. Um, so I remember my husband got laid off. I was providing. That's always going to cause, again, some friction in the relationship, especially when you're working hard and maybe your partner's taking a little while to find something that they really love and you're like, just get a job. So that was, that was definitely one. Um, <laughs> Jill and I are making eyes at each other. Yeah, this is very much a similar story yeah. for, to me. Can you walk us through that? Like what happened? How did you find out? And what were those moments like when things changed? Like what was that just things were going this way and suddenly they were going that way? Yeah. So it's a really interesting. And by the way, too, for all the listeners, we've actually never had this conversation with Sean before. This is all raw and real. So (laughs) we've kind of known about it. You posted. And the reason we even brought this up, too, was one, we did want somebody. We didn't really know anyone. And we knew, I think, uh, Jill and I knew a little bit that you had kind of hinted at it, but we didn't know. And you posted on social media about, you know, you said two years ago this happened. And it was ironic because it was two years ago for me, the same weekend. I, I think literally within the same week, probably we found out, but we both had different outcomes. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty crazy that we just, we kind of like it was happening around the same time. So I just reached out and I asked Sean if she'd like to talk about it. And I She's and I actually think so I found great. out because you were on my ex-husband's like yep. he did like an interview series yep. with like a bunch of women about different like different types of dynamics and relationships. And he had you on like mm-hmm. maybe six months ago, a year ago 
on his like next level romance. So yeah. it's kind of like full circle. And Jade's been on the podcast too. Yeah, so. I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah. So we're getting all the details now firsthand. You guys are too, and we actually have never heard this. So tell us. And that. I've yeah. never publicly shared it. So there we go. <laughs> so Amazing. here we go. Um, so what? Here's the timeline that I see that happened and where everything kind of went in the other direction is. Mm-hmm. Let's go the timeline as it happened. And then like now looking back, this is what I saw happening. Because I think there's two ways. You yeah, know? that's a really good. Okay. So before, okay. Before you knew, like how did it all come out? And then we go back and go, well, looking back, maybe this is what was that's really a, going on. That's a really good, I like that perspective. <laughs> so yeah, it was Christmas time. And again, because I was so in my blissful state and doing all this work on myself and I was really happy and life was great. I got a new job, like everything was going well. And then, yeah, we were um, visiting some friends up in Ventura and Christmas time, boys went out and kind of did their thing. I stayed home with the wife and the kids. And then we were all on the train the next day going to cut down a Christmas tree with their little boy. I think he was four years old at the time, Mm -hmm. our self-proclaimed godchild. (laughs) And the wife got a text message and we're all together. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and she just looked like like horrified, like something happened. Yeah. And so she just handed me the phone right away. And here's in front of both of our husbands are there. The kids are there. Everyone's there. And I just read it. And it was from a friend of hers who said, I just found out that last night that Shauna's husband was caught in the bathroom with so-and-so. Yeah. And I just feel so bad for her because I know she's such a wonderful person. And I don't know like what this means or if she knows, but it caused a bit of a rough back at the house because the girl apparently was there with someone else. And so that, yeah, so I just read it and I, it was a really weird moment because my heart sank. Yeah. I wanted to vomit. Um, There was also a child right there. So it wasn't a, and we're on a public train. Yeah. So it wasn't a space to react. Mm. Yeah. So I instead just handed the phone to my husband to read the message himself because I didn't want to make a scene. Yeah. He read it and he just looked, he like looked like a ghost. Yeah. Completely terrified. He immediately I mean everyone could tell something was going on and he immediately said that that girl the girl was crazy and that she was lying and completely denied it I remember just we got off the train I ran away and I I didn't even know I mean you you like I I don't even know what I like blacked out basically yeah yeah. what came over me yeah um it felt I felt sick I felt surreal I was mad I was just I was mad Mm -hmm. at the friends because they're also like our best friends. So like that the husbands would have allowed that. There were just so many things going through my head. So that was on a Sunday and it was about a few days of processing. So we went home. Did you talk about it that night? And he still denied. Yeah. We talked about it that night. Mm -hmm. He denied it. He was like, Oh no, the girl was really flirty, but nothing happened. Deny, 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 deny. We go home. Like again, all these feelings. I'm like, what, like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. This was my husband that I've been married to for, Mm -hmm. you know, six years. I don't know you, mm-hmm. Dis- yep. disgusted, feeling disgusted, feeling betrayed, mm-hmm. feeling it's like the knife stabbing yes. pain, as you know. And a few days later, got some more information of like the actual story and what happened. So I, there were more details coming through. And my friend was like, this, ha- like, this happened, Shauna, you have to deal with that. Yeah. So either Daniel gets to admit to what he did mm-hmm. or I, I don't know, but it happened yeah. and there's no denying it. So I just, I remember the moment, ooh. You can breathe. You take Dude. it in. My I stomach remember. hurts just listening. Yeah, I just I re- feel like, ugh. I, I'm not, I, I'm an emotional person. I'm not, I, I'm not an angry person. I don't get yeah. angry. Yeah. But I remember the moment where I 
So this is like three days after I dropped, I dropped down on my knees mm -hmm. and I was punching the floor, mm -hmm. screaming, mm -hmm. hysterical. Mm -hmm. Like, just tell me the truth. Yep. Tell me the truth. Yep. I know the truth. I just got more information and I know everything. Just tell me the truth. But I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And he saw, when he saw me in that, in that breakdown, he couldn't, obviously he couldn't handle it. Yeah. And he was like, here's what happened. And so he told me the story. He told me what happened and I, again, had to process. When he told you what happened, did he say it was a one-time thing or had it been going on for a while? It was just a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. It was just a girl that he met that night at, at that party. So that was what I knew at that time. So that opened up the conversation. Mm -hmm. Has this happened before? Is there anything else I need to know about? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. That's it. Could you trust him? Right. So at that moment, again, I felt numb. I felt like everything I had ever known and believed to be true about love and marriage and relationships and life just got like yeah. swept underneath me. And I'm like, okay, this is one time we can, we can work through this. Mm -hmm. So we went and got, we went to see a therapist, like a traditional therapist that didn't really, didn't really do much. Yeah. What was his, like, what was his resolution? He was like, he was apologetic. It, uh, oh, he will was, never happen again. I'll do anything to say. Like, yeah, he was like beside himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was hyster He was crying. He was, he was very, very apologetic, took ownership, said that he just hadn't been feeling since I, I was away a lot. He hadn't been feeling confident. And so he was looking for that attention elsewhere. So we decided to move through it. Mm -hmm. Holidays happened. We, it's funny because we were actually planning to, re this was in, early December and we were renewing our vows January 7th Ooh. in Australia. Ooh. So kind of right after all this happened, Christmas parties, we go straight to Australia and we're renewing our vows in front of friends and family. Mm -hmm. But it, I was like, this is perfect timing. We get a reset. Yep. And then about five months later, <laughs> I, there's a few, a few things. I found out in other ways that there were other, other women. Mm. One was a, a friend from college who knew both of us Dang. in San Francisco that I ended up calling her directly and was like, I need to know what happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, woman to like, she, I didn't think she was gonna take my call, but I was very calm. Cause again, I'm not an angry person. I'm like yeah. woman to woman. I just, I just need you to tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. And it was more just flirty make out a little bit of foreplay. And the, the interesting thing is he didn't actually have sex with either of those women. Mm -hmm. It was everything. It was all that, the chase that, that, um, and then devastated. And then a few months later, is actually right before I had a live event that I was hosting. Ugh. I, I was, he left his computer behind and he was on a trip in New York and I'm not proud of this, but there were a few other women and just things from the past. And obviously yep. I still didn't trust. Yep. So I looked up his, it was like when messages started coming through your computer. Sure. Yep. Yep. So I pulled out the computer. It's the night before my event. And he was in New York and I'm like, I just didn't feel good. Yep. And so I looked up a particular name of someone, mm -hmm. which then showed what it brought me to was a text message history between one of, the, one of his friends mm -hmm. in Encinitas about a lot of different things, yep. different women, different things, like just talking about things that I'm like, I, I'm like, who is this person? I don't know you. Mm, yeah. And again, like, I'm like, done. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I had to run a 200 person event live event and manage all the speakers and manage all the things so that almost just that kept me sane <laughs> for a yeah. few days before he got back from new york yeah. and i just let him know that i'm like i know everything i saw everything yeah you can't deny it we'll talk when you get home yeah. and at that point i had to put my foot down 
And it was a big deal for me because I was supposed to pick him up from the airport and I decided not to show. And that was like the hardest thing for Dang, me yeah, to do yeah. because I'm like, I, you love this person. Yep. But at the same time, I'm like, this has to stop. Yep. So I went to my girlfriend's house. He showed up and I wasn't there. I left him a note on the bed and I said, please meet me at Lofty Coffee tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. so we can talk. And I was like very diligent and I was like dying inside even just doing that. Of course. So we talked. He, he went away for a week to get some space. He went and stayed with a friend. And I said, I have to process. And it was at that moment where, again, you make a choice. So you choose to work through it or you choose to leave. And for me, we had an incredible marriage. Mm -hmm. He is the most chivalrous, supportive man I've ever met. He literally lives to serve me and he has our entire marriage. We've never had, I mean, of course you fight, you have your, your regular relationship stuff, but we've never had any big issues. We're in alignment on all of our views, our morals, our values. Everything was, everything was in alignment besides this piece. And it's a big piece, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So in that moment, and we have other friends who have had affairs and chose to stay, but never worked through it. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, if, if we're going to do this, so it's, it's make a decision. So yeah. you leave or you yeah. stay. Yeah. If you're going to stay, you have to choose to trust. Yeah. And you have to choose to work through it and you have to set your boundaries and be very clear and intentional about what happens moving forward. But he also had a say in this too, right? So he had to decide whether he wanted to stay or go. Yeah. Did you ask him like, do, do you want all these other women? Is it like, is that it? Like you want to get out of this? Did you ask him those things? Like, yeah. And it yeah. was ab absolutely not. Yeah. He, uh, this man, <laughs> I know you've met him. You don't know him that well, but he adores me. He always has adored me. Yeah. Like worships, adores. He's the sweetest man in the world. And so he was devastated and he said, I will do anything. I will do whatever you need. And I, for a while, I tried to force him to do the work that I had done, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but that wasn't his path. So it was interesting. So this was all in Ju June, July. And then August, I had decided to go to Burning Man for my first time mm -hmm. solo. He hadn't gotten a ticket yet. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do this on my own. And it was kind of my celebration of me and the point to where I had gotten and there was a pivotal point after Burning Man because I, I, I feel like I met myself for the first time. I had full confidence in who I am, my sexuality, my sensuality, just every, everything about myself. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Mm. Like, I got this and I know who I am. I know where I'm going and I know what I'm up to in life. And so I got back from Burning Man and that was when we had like the big conversation where I drew a line in the sand. And I was like, I, I remember exactly what I said because it was a big deal for me. Yeah. I said, I'm a, I am on a rocket ship in life and I know exactly where I'm headed. And right now you're not on it with me. Mm. And I'm like, so you get to decide if you're on it with me or not. And if you are, you need to do whatever work you need to do to figure out why you did this. And he, 100%, he joined a men's group, he got a coach and he did he did all the work and it was like real time, like really immediate. And that's when I realized like we're in this, he's in this because yeah. the other person has to be willing to do the yeah. work. Yep. Yeah. That's super crucial. So what was like looking back to Danny's question, looking back, what do you think it was about? So, and also to add to that too, did you looking back, do you go, oh, I could have noticed this was happening or I missed signs? Not, not really. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure for some people that's the case. But um, again, we were happy. Everything was going well. So what, what I saw in our marriage is I started doing personal development work and he wasn't doing it. So I was growing. I was expanding. I was becoming a more powerful, confident, and assertive woman. Whereas before, I, was, I would say I was passive. 
Like I was passive. I'm, I've always been like sweet and nice and loving, but like I definitely didn't own my voice. So I was becoming, I was growing and he wasn't. So I kind of surpassed him in that, in that element, which then made him feel unworthy, not good enough for me. So he then sought attention from other people. And he, a, a lot of times I was out of town because I was doing, I was the workshop I, or the program I did was in LA. So I was leaving. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is all the times that he did this was when I was out of town because he felt alone. He couldn't face himself. He didn't love himself was yep. the true thing. Yep. And these are all things he discovered. So it's not my assumption. Like yeah. this is what came up for him through the work is that he wasn't confident in himself. He didn't love himself. And the truth is, is it wasn't about me at all. Yeah. And that was the biggest realization that I took away from it. And it's probably hard for a lot of people to grasp that, but it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. It all had to do with his demons, his past, his internal battles that he was fighting. For a while, did you think it was about you? Did you ever think, oh, maybe I'm not pretty enough or we're not having sex enough or I was nagging? Did you blame yourself at least for a little bit or not at all ever? So here's why I said the timing was interesting because because of all the personal development work I had done, I literally had just graduated from my program two months before. Mm -hmm. And I had done my yoga teacher training. I had done everything on forgiveness. I was in such a good space that I, that didn't happen to me, which is, is it's pretty rare, I think. Yeah, it's I didn't question. We had, um, so you actually introduced us to Drew Manning, yeah. who we also had on the podcast. And, you know, it was interesting what you just said about Daniel's kind of his realizations. Drew came to the exact same kind of conclusions. And so what I think we're fascinated with is like what makes some people want to go separate even if they can have the resolution right like I think mm -hmm. Drew did his own work like Daniel did his own work even Jade has done a mm -hmm. ton of work but at the end of the day for at least I can only speak for us like our the just the passion was gone too much had transpired even though he had done a 180 mm -hmm. he's like so you know honest I think both of us and, and both of us couldn't feel that passion anymore so like how do you what's the thing in your mind that's a really good question I think I mean, it, when I made the decision to stay, it was because I knew that we had something worth fighting for mm -hmm. and we were both willing to do it. It's really interesting. The, the, physical, the physical part of it didn't bother me as much as the betrayal, sure. like just the betraying and the lying around it. Yep. I was like, okay, I can get over that he, I know, and again, it's, it might be my unique perspective, but I could get over the physical piece sure. of it. Yeah, it was the betrayal that really got to me and knowing and seeing his immediate response to do the work and to, to mm. put everything mm. in, that was what it was, immediate. If it didn't happen immediately, I probably would have left. Were did there, you feel a lot, sorry, did you feel like a lot of shame around? Like, did, did you tell your family? Did you tell your friends right away? You know, it's funny, I still haven't told my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> so the way that I, I think this also helped me get through it, I made, because it's either you hide it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And I stay together. So you could have just like, yeah, we could have just never, never brought talked it up, about it. Never mm -hmm. talked about it publicly like here. Yep. So in the time, because there's that period of time where you're trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And what I decided what was best for me was to have my circle and tribe of women that knew about it so that I could be supported either way. Mm -hmm. um, because either way, whatever you're choosing, it's not easy. So I did tell all of my closest friends and I, I don't think he did. <laughs> it took him a little while to open up to like his brother and his family about it. We never fully talked about it with, I mean, my parents don't know at all his, and they don't listen to podcasts, so I don't believe this, <laughs> but um, his parents, we never fully talked about it, but I know that they they saw my post. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So they know about it. So yeah, I, I was, 
again, when you make the decision to stay, you commit to that decision. So I decided that people, the people who love us and are meant to be in our lives will stay by our sides and support us through this. Mm. And they, they did. There are a few friends that I think, some friends from college that kind of disappeared. I think they just didn't know how to handle it. They felt uncomfortable and that's okay. And yep. people evolve in relationship shift. So the people that were meant to stay stayed. And to be honest, most people stayed and they know the whole story and they supported both of us through all of it. And, you know, even my girlfriends have found it, were able to forgive Daniel after, mm. you know, after a period, it was almost harder for them too than yeah. you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But they've forgiven him. Yeah. Well, we, I did a little post on the best life Instagrams to people to have people ask questions. So there were a few mm-hmm. questions on here. And one of them was, how did you get over being angry or passive aggressive and like really forgive? So were there ever times where you were triggered and just like, will you kiss that girl that one time? Like, were there any times where you lashed out and took it out later? Because like you thought you, you thought you'd forgiven, you thought you've moved on and then you, it like came up, it came bubbling up at some point. It's happened a few times early on, but again, if, if you're going to make the decision, you have to go all the way. But what about that time between December yeah. and G- June? Yeah. Like, oh, I feel no. like that oh, yeah. would have been the time where you could have really been. Yeah. I, obviously there was still something there to make you look at the computer and go, he hasn't changed yet. Yeah. That's a really good question. So no, it did, it did still come up. Yeah. Obviously I still didn't trust him. Um, it, to trust again does take time. So it doesn't happen overnight. It's a long process and it's a lot of communication, a lot of conversation, a lot of opening up about your fears yeah, it, it takes a lot. So were there any rules you had to start building trust again? Like I need to be able to see your phone to feel comfortable or I need to be able to see your computer, or your passwords. Like, did you need that for a little bit of time? Or? I did. I did request that for a little bit of time. I also did something I was so unproud of where, you know, the like the find my location or the location, yeah. you can mm-hmm. connect to people's locations. I went on his phone and shared his location with me mm-hmm. without him knowing. Which again, so here's the thing is when you're doing deception back, that doesn't work either. Mm. So I did that and then I ended up fessing up about it because mm-hmm. I felt so bad. And he, then he was mad at me and he's like, you don't trust. I'm like, I don't, I like, I don't, don't trust you yet, yeah. but I, I want to, mm-hmm. and we're committed. I'm committed to. Mm-hmm. So I, I told on myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of conversations. <laughs> that's no, that's big. I, I think it's important to know what are the conversations and what kind of things could be expected. I would imagine that I would need some kind of affirmation uh, for a time, you know, not forever, but it's like, Hey, I need to know, I need to be able to see your phone every night for a while, not for the rest of your life, but to make me feel comfortable to where I know that this is for real. Cause I think he said something in December to the effect that it was it, that was all. And then a few months later you found out that Mm -hmm. that wasn't true. So there was already that piece of like, you've told me once before that yeah. it's okay. And how do I know that this time it's different? Yeah. So one, one big thing that we had to eliminate was him drinking mm. because the, the times that it did happen, he was, it was, again, I was out of town mm-hmm. and he was out drinking. And so we, d- that was a rule for a little while. He turned down a bachelor party to Vegas. We basically, you know, it, it was time to work on the relationship. So we, our social life kind of cut down a bit and we were focusing on us um, and especially cutting down on the drinking was was a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. I think it was big for you to go to Burning Man by yourself too, because if it always happened every time you were out of town, were you thinking, were you scared to just leave town anymore? Like it, maybe if I'd stayed in town, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that mm. did cross my mind. But it, uh, but then I knew that we had we had to get past that if we're going right. to stay together because we I travel a lot for work. He travels a lot for work, so it's you know we did FaceTime definitely came in a lot. FaceTiming when you get back to your hotel or like whatever that that was another thing for a while. Yep. 
of course, all, most of these questions are, how did you regain trust? How, did, was you, how were you able to trust him again? But another question is, is your post-affair relationship monogamous? And I don't know if that was a thing before or after. So if it was not before, then I guess it doesn't matter. But So I, I can say that we were exploring other alternatives or other ways of structuring our relationship in real time mm -hmm. right now. So that might be another conversation for another podcast. Well, we <laughs> but, appreciate um, that transparency. And I think it's, you know, I think it's one of those things that um, Dan and I have talked about this a lot. I think I'll, both of us now a little bit are, I'm going to say we're wary, but we're not convinced 100% that it needs to look a certain way, that a yeah. relationship needs to look a certain way, that commitment look, needs to look a certain way, especially if you guys have done so much work on trust you know, because if you have that like ironclad trust, then there are other alternatives. It's there not are. like you have to just like be here with this person till death do us part, like, and then nothing else. Like, because I just think it's not as, uh, I think it's more fluid than that. I think yeah. people change. I think needs change. I think people don't even maybe know their needs yep. yeah. until they develop or they get more comfortable with themselves or they get, you know, have more awareness or do more work on themselves. And then they go, okay, th these things that weren't on the menu before, like might maybe. be on the menu now. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at because what I realized was the way that we did choose obviously didn't work. Mm -hmm. It failed. Mm -hmm. So do we try to implement the same system that didn't work or do we explore and have bigger conversations? And that's yeah. kind of where we're at now. Yeah, there, one of the questions on here too is are people meant to be monogamous? And I think that obviously could be a whole other podcast as well, but it does bring up these conversations. But at least it sounds like you guys are having the conversations now, which maybe before those weren't even on the table. They weren't even on the table. Yeah. And yeah. reading, you know, sex, sex at Dawn and just, just mm -hmm. looking into it because yeah. again, you can just stay and, and, and be like, it needs put your blinders on. It else. has to be this way and make the rules. Or it's like, hmm, why didn't that work? What, mm -hmm. what broke and why? And so we're, we're exploring all that right now. I love that. I love that you guys are having the conversations. Yeah, that is I mean, amazing. it can look the same or not. I mean, I think ultimately your marriage is going to be different because you have new lines in the sand. You have new boundaries. Do you feel that this, because I think it said in your post, like you guys are stronger now than you were before. Do you think that this is actually has been a beneficial thing for you guys? I actually would call it a gift. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think I did in my post. Yeah. I said infidelity was our gift because it has forced us to grow in ways that we we never would have looked at. It's forced, it's demanded our, like growth, it's demanded communication, it's demanded expansion in so many ways. And I'm, <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I'm grateful for the experience sure. because where we're at now is I, I couldn't ever have imagined our relationship to blossom and grow to where it is. And I feel like this experience was necessary for us to prepare for our next chapter, which will be parenthood. So I think I'm, you know, I'm really glad that it happened before and that we waited to have the, have kids. Cause I think if we were in it with kids, it would have been a very different experience. Um, and that we've, we, yeah, we've grown into very, a very strong unit and partnership. It's, it's really cool. I actually love hearing this. And I think that honestly, some of the worst things that ever happened in your life, you can look back and go, that was a gift or that was you know, you took, you made it into a learning experience and Daniel obviously has done a ton of work. So, yeah. And I love you sharing it. There's another question we got, which was knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time, would you have done anything differently? I don't think I would. Because if, if this experience hadn't happened, we wouldn't have learned the lessons. We wouldn't have grown and we, w we would not be where we're at. at like, And we would have, I'm sure we would have been fine. Number one, I'm a hundred percent glad that we worked through it and that I made that decision to stay. But even 
either way, like I'm, I'm glad we went through it and I'm not condoning infidelity by any means. <laughs> Are you recommending no. that? <laughs> so like it is it's like cool to elevate your relationship. Yeah, no, not at all. I actually, I actually think to cheat on someone is probably the worst thing you could ever do to someone. And it's something that you would want like your worst enemy to feel like yeah. it is, it is that bad, mm-hmm. yeah. but so I'm not condoning it. And I, I think most people probably can't get through it, but for those who choose to, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. And, and you know, if, if you're willing to do the work, if you're both willing to do the work, yep. then it could even be better than you ever imagined. I think actually like uh, the study said that most people do stay actually after infidelity. And I love that you mentioned like that you do have to work on it. Cause I think, you know, I know a lot of couples who like they go through it and then they like don't fully, and then like just, they just don't trust each other, you know, like it's just ongoing this, yep. but they're so codependent even that they just can't yep. see a different reality. Yeah. We have friends like that. They didn't do the work. They just kind of swept it under the rug and stayed together and they don't, they're yeah. not happily married. Yeah. What would you say if someone was in your shoes and they have been finding similar things, what helped you the most to get through it, to work on you? Like what were the, maybe a couple things that were just like, you got your own power back by doing these things? Yeah. So I definitely recommend personal development work and not just reading the books, like actually doing workshops. I think books can be really powerful, but being in an experiential learning type environment is really great. And there's a lot out there. There's, you know, MITT in LA, there's Ascension Leadership Academy in San Diego. Landmark is another similar thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important to do the work because we have to be the best versions of ourselves to to be able to give that to be in a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're if we're masking old wounds and we're not happy, uh, we're unhappy, we don't love ourselves. There's no way we can love another human. So I think doing that work first and really, I call it radical self love, like just really falling in love with yourself and all the, all the dimensions, all the stories. You know, yeah. the thing things have things happened. So it's owning all parts of who you are and just loving yourself for it and getting to that place then you can show up much more powerfully in relationship. What are some, maybe besides those, like in person, what are some books that you'd recommend, resources, people, you know, I don't want to say gurus, but like, you know, mm-hmm. experts on this that you've read? Oh, there's so many books. I liked, I can just say a few, like read a few off, but Untethered Soul was really good. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that book. What other books? I like half read books. <laughs> so I'm, I, I yep. went through so many during the time that I'm yep. not, Um, I don't know about you, but like, I've read a bunch of like, really. So when I found out I was like devastated and I just was like, as someone who's constantly trying to like learn, I just went to like Barnes and Noble and just like went to the self-help section. It was the very first time I'd even picked up a self-help book. I was embarrassed that like people would even see me there. And I picked up books on like how to get your husband back and like, and they were these affair books Mm, and they were not helpful. Like they were just like, he needs to say he's sorry. And he needs to like, it was just all these. And I think it's meant to make you feel empowered. Like you just have these rules and like you have these lines in the sand and he has to shape up. And it didn't give me any sort of like way to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Not to say it was my fault, not to say it's your fault. Not obviously like we we're on that page, but it's almost like it's just all about them. And then you you feel powerless. You have to wait until they decide to come around and, and you know what I mean? Mm, And so interesting. I I found books like Byron Katie's, like, you know, it just like it gave me things to do that had no, and it helps with friendships, family members, you know, partners. The power of vulnerability was another good Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. So it's, it's you doing your own work that actually heals the relationship. Yeah. I don't, I, and again, my husband had to do his own healing. It wasn't so much about us. It's interesting. It wasn't so much about us healing. Right. You like, didn't go to couples therapy. No, we didn't. Yeah. 
we did our own work and we and then you just what came back to the conversation yeah. and like had it again yeah there's a lot a lot of talking a lot of back and forth <laughs> we still we still talk through it all yeah, yeah. but it's like it's just being fully transparent I, I think a lot of couples aren't fully transparent and they they're not having the bigger conversations they're not talking about their fears and their insecurities and it's so important to have those but first you need to know what they are within yourself so. do you think that's a couple thing or do you think that's a man thing do you find that men just aren't able to express or am I generalizing or have you noticed that as well? I don't want to say men aren't able to express. I don't think that they have the resources that we do as women. Mm -hmm. You know, we have our circle of friends. I think men don't have, don't have that tight knit group and they avoid conversations like this with their friends in because of shame and judgment. And yeah. I just, I don't think they have the resources like we do. Yeah. I think it's a huge space actually missing in the market. I know Lewis Howes did the Mask of Masculinity. I thought that was great. And I think there needs to be more of that kind of work because for Daniel, it was a big lesson to learn to understand his emotions, to talk about them openly, especially an Australian man from kind yep. of a machismo society. Yeah. That was a big Rugby deal for player him. and... So yeah. I don't, but I've, I've also in my, in my growth and my quest and getting new circles of friends, I have met some really incredibly conscious men who can talk about this stuff all day. Sure. And like, like Drew Manning, look mm -hmm. at his, you know, his yep. growth mm -hmm. and everything. So it's, it's really amazing. And I, I actually have to give a shout out to Aubrey Marcus because he's, he's doing a lot of work and I know he's in an open marriage and doing a lot of work in the space and sharing now the, the steps and all of that. And I, I just think these bigger conversations need to be had. Yeah. I love it. That's what that I mean. The best life is really about like trying to normalize this stuff. So I'm, we're just so obviously so grateful that you would be as open as you've been. I know that a lot of people would love to hear what it does take. We have people going through this in real time, mm -hmm. listening to the podcast and then going like, okay, but like what other we can't, I'm, I don't want to leave yet, you know, kind of where we were, like Jade and I stayed together for a year before I decided to leave. And so it's like, they're in that limbo space of mm -hmm. like, and so was there a time for you where you just were like, I don't know what to do. Like you just, it, it feels so uncertain. How do you deal with the moments of uncertainty when you're like, there's nothing to like do actually. It's just like, we are just in this place right now. We're not exactly sure what this is going to look like. Yeah. So I was at that point where I envisioned two realities. The reality, if I stayed, mm -hmm. what that could look like, or the reality, if I left. And I was actually okay with either. Mm. But again, because of the work I had done, I was in a space where I'm like, I'm going to be fine either way. Love that. And holding on to that truth and knowing that it's going to be okay either way, I, you kind of have to surrender to the experience. And again, trust he's going to do the work and time, you need time. To, to tell and, and time, like you said, emo like the, your passion left the marriage. Okay. So that, that's a reality, yep. you know, for other people it did, it doesn't. Right. And for other people, maybe they, they don't, I don't know. There's so many yeah. different realities. Yeah, so maybe there is a you, passion, but they just want to stay together because they yeah. need to stay together. Yeah, yeah. And Drew and his, his wife ended up splitting up yep. as well. So yep. it's like you, if you can hold on to the truth that you're going to be fine either way, yeah. you will rise again, you will figure it out. And it could be giving yourself a time frame. you know, like if you need to set a, like, I'm going to give it six months and see how he shows up, see if he's dedicated, see mm -hmm. if things change, talk about it and to kind of have that, those check-ins with yourself. Yep. And I do think, I think therapy is great. I don't know that traditional like therapy is the right thing. I don't even, I mean, there's marriage therapy. There's a lot of different things. I think kind of alternative methods seem to work, worked better for me. Mm -hmm. um, Cause when we went to a traditional therapist, it was just very 
I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like Western medicine for me. <laughs> but, um, Just a lot of processing. But, but there's, yeah. So setting, knowing the truth that you're going to be fine either way. Love that. And again, that takes loving yourself. Yeah. So knowing that, okay, if it, if, if this didn't work out the way I planned, I will find love again. And like, and truthfully That's that will happen. Tough. Yeah. I know. And I, I have a lot of single friends now even, yeah. and it's like, it will happen. Yeah. So trusting, it's a lot of trust and a lot of surrender. And it's not easy. No, it's so scary. You're like, but I don't want it to be this it's hard. It's not easy. So I, uh, everyone needs to know that though. It's not easy at yeah. all. No, we talked about, you know, in the affairs episode, and then we had the lessons from the affairs. And we talked a lot about it's, there's two shitty decisions, right? Like to stay, you're going to have to work really hard. And to leave, you're going to have to work really hard. Either way. And you're so right too, but either way, you're going to be okay, but you have to be okay with that decision. So if you're going to stay, you have to choose to, I really believe you do have to choose to trust again, or you're going to be constantly scared, constantly bitter. And then you're, you're living this life of anxiety, wondering what they're doing all the time. So do you want to live that life? Or do you want to go, we're going to try this again. And I'm going to put my whole heart into it again. Or I'm going to say, I, I know myself and I can't, and I'm going to go my own way. And yeah, it's two very difficult choices, but you made a really, you made a tough choice, but you also made the choice that I think your heart was really into and yeah and, and you, you see all the angles you yeah. know what I'm hearing is like it's not this wasn't like a naive decision of like oh he's just gonna like be fine and like we're gonna be fine it was just like a very like circumspect like you've seen all the angles you're not naive you're not a doormat yeah, no. you're very much like <laughs> you have your lines in the sand and he yeah. did the things and like it's I think sometimes there's that perception that if you do stay that you're a doormat did you ever feel that way no never not at all. I was very aware of everything that was going on yeah. <laughs> through the process. And I just wanted to go back to what Danny just said about choice because mm -hmm. it literally is all a choice Yeah. to trust when the, all these people are writing, how did you try? You, you just choose. Yeah. You choose bl you, uh, blindly trust and you go, you have to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like you said, you remain in the marriage and then you're insecure and it's, it's not. So you just, you literally just choose, you choose to trust. So good. So good. Ah, I love this <laughs> conversation. Thank you so much for being on and, yeah. and sharing openly about this and what you did to move forward and the work you've done. It's so obvious and apparent. And, and I love having this other side of the story too. And it's honestly like a lot of things you shared. I mean, Jill, Jill and I keep making eyes at each other, nodding our head like, yep, yep. And I think that this will resonate with a lot of people. I think mm -hmm. it will make some people uncomfortable and cringe a little bit in certain ways, but I think that's not a bad thing. I think yeah. if we can make people kind of think and think about things different, that's, that's our job. Yeah, I think it's so inspiring. You know, like I think sometimes we were talking about this, actually, we just interviewed Lisa Bilyeu and we were talking a little bit about infidelity and she hasn't experienced that in her relationship, but she was just like, I know that if he cheated on me, I'd be gone. I said that. Mm -hmm. We both said that. So that's why we were saying, and it's not that you don't mean it. Of course, that's what you mean. But it's a different ball game if it happens. When it happens. And you're like, but yeah. also, I don't want to leave, yeah. right? So I think it's one of those things that I just really appreciate you having the conversation and, and just all the work that you guys have done together as a couple and separately, and then bringing all of that knowledge to our listeners. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so And valuable. talking about Inspiring. it now. This is healing. This is part, a part of my healing yeah. process. And Daniel, just so everyone listening my husband has been very supportive. He knows we're doing this. Yeah. So it's part of his healing too. No, I'm so proud of him and you because this is the, and I actually, we've gotten messages from people who said they've stayed, but nobody knows and they won't talk about it. And it's yeah. kind of swept under the rug or it's just, it's embarrassing or there's just, there's, you know, they don't maybe have a platform. So maybe there's no reason to talk about it, but to talk about it is very brave to talk about Thank it you. is very brave because I'm sure there are tons and tons of people who have gone through it. They're still together, but they 
they have not uttered a word about it for We've you guys people to share us and say this. I've never even told anybody. Yeah. Wow. Just like literally emailing in to us. Yep. And yeah, it's very, it's well, awesome. To so talk about it is too. so brave. And for him too, because I know for my ex, you know, I of course shared with my closest friends right away, but he, you know, he didn't. It's, it's harder, I think for the person doing it to like, I'm sure Daniel, his friends know now, but I'm sure that he was less likely to talk about it at yep. first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think it's really important that you say that so many people aren't speaking up mm-hmm. because again, these conversations need to be had because when you start to speak up about it, you realize that, I mean, we're all human. Totally. We all make mistakes. We all like, we're, we all suffer and we all go through the same things. And for me, again, the power of vulnerability and the power of sharing my story it encourages other people to share as well. And it makes yeah. them, it, it reduces shame yeah. because they totally. realize, oh, they went through that too. Or like, I, I just think, so if anyone's listening and they haven't told anyone and you're holding it all inside that, I don't know that that's the best way, you know, yeah. and know that people, your people love you and they're going to support you in your life. Like friend, I mean, they're yeah. going to support you no matter what. Yeah. I love it. Well, we can continue this conversation in our Facebook group. You guys can go to thebestlifepodcast.com and find us there. And also, can they find you or are you secretive online? They Where- can find me. <laughs> <laughs> which, which page should they find you on? Where do so, they find you? It's at Shauna Mota. So it's S-H-A-N-N-A-M-O-T-A on Instagram. And also you're doing a live event because we were speaking about like live events and intensive events. So tell us a little bit yeah, about that so event. This is really exciting. So this is um, Danette May. Uh-huh. It's her live event called The Rise. And I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um, it. It's a lot of the work that I've done. Yeah. So it's a two day transformational experience and doing a lot of, again, a lot of the work that I've done in stepping into radical self-love. So it's really um, letting go of the pain and the stories of the past so that you can step into, you know, the amazing person that you are today and really truly find love for yourself. And again, if more people do this type of work, when you experience the conflicts in life, yeah. you're, you're better equipped to, to handle them. Well, you're obviously a great example. So how do they get tickets to Rise? Are there still tickets available? Yes, there are. So yeah. it's um, in Denver. It's October 13th and 14th. Perfect. And it is therisedenver.com. Risedenver.com. Cool. We'll have it in the show notes yeah. for sure. And Lori Harder will be there. Oh, yeah. Alexi Panos, Christine Hassler. So we have some really great speakers Aww. alongside Danette and some I performances agree. as well. So Ooh. it's going to be a very, very experiential, exciting event. Oh, my gosh. I Amazing. Bet it's well, if you guys are listening to this and you're like, you know what? That's what I need. I need more of that. That's why I'm, I'm still struggling. Make sure you guys check out therisedenver.com and get your tickets. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. We might have to go to Denver. Yeah, please yep. come, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Shauna, for sharing. You're welcome. All right. Thanks we'll see you guys later. Me. Next time, make sure you guys connect with Shauna, and it sounds like she's open to that. So, very much Thank so. Thank you guys. All right. Bye. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant... You create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. 
If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.